Catch new episodes of Dial the Gate weekends at youtube.com slash dial the gate. And for the latest schedule, visit dialthegate.com. Welcome, everyone, to Dial the Gate. My name is David Reed. Thank you so much for uh, joining us for this very special uh, episode. Hope you had a wonderful holiday. Uh, we are bringing in a number of my friends, the Stargate superfans. When uh, Kieran Dixon, Jenny Stiven, uh, Beth Willock, and I were at uh, MGM, we brought together a group of wonderful people uh, to help us move forward uh, with the franchise in terms of uh, getting f some, some more specific fan feedback for where we wanted the show to go. MGM ultimately went uh, in a different direction, and uh, the annual Stargate Superfan Project uh, became... Uh, one group of fans. We were going to have a new iteration of them every year. Uh, but that group has decided to stick together. And uh, we're going to have the majority of them on in the next few minutes here. So what's going to happen for this uh, episode is I'm going, this is a pre-recorded show. Uh, I'm going to have them on to ask them about how they got invested in the show, what some of their favorite memories are. I'm not centered. <laughs> some of their favorite memories are uh, while they were uh, working together as a team of super fans and some of their favorite uh, specific episodes and why and some of these answers uh, you're going to find pretty uh, poignant so after we have that uh, we're going to show you some Stargate art in a little bit of relation to uh, what we just uh, talked about in, in the group and uh, then we'll let you go. But before uh, we really get started here, if you like Stargate and want to see more content like this on YouTube, it would mean a great deal if you click that like button. It makes a difference with YouTube's algorithm. It will definitely help the show grow its audience. Please also consider sharing this video with a Stargate friend. And if you want to get notified about future episodes, click the subscribe icon. Giving the bell icon a click will notify you the moment a new video drops and you'll get my notifications of any last minute guest changes. This is key if you plan on watching live uh, because these talent are working and schedules change all the time. And clips from this live stream will be released over the course of the next several days on both the Dial the Gate and GateWorld.net YouTube channels. All right, with that out of the way, let's bring in the Stargate Superfan panel. Hi, guys. Hi. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to a special episode of Dial the Gate. Welcome to the show. Thank you. How did you be here? You what now? Excited to be here. Oh, it's it's yeah. great to have you. So you guys, it, this is like um, an, another arm of my Stargate family. So back in the day uh, when Kieran and Jenny and Beth and I were at MGM, we built you into this community. And the original idea was, you know, let's create a panel of folks that have a true uh, uh, investment in the franchise to help us go forward and and give us feedback and paving the way for future endeavors. You know, MGM went um, a different direction. Uh, we were going to have new new uh, super fans every year, uh, but you know, you guys ended up being the the ones, the onlys, and the best. So 
That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Happy to have you in my life. Out of this group here, I have uh, Summer Roy to my top left. She is my uh, uh, basically one of my de facto producers in uh, Dial the Gate, and she is one of my uh, moderators as well. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. I'm recovering from a recent procedure, but I'm doing great. Well, I'm glad to have you with us. And so how did you uh, discover Stargate. What got you involved? Oh my gosh. Um, I used, uh, I used to watch it. Uh, it came on every Sunday. Um, so I didn't get to watch them in order or anything like that. But um, when I was in uh, starting college, my dad and I would watch it on Sundays and I loved it. When I discovered it, it was just like, what is the show? I need to watch it. But back then we didn't have like cable so you couldn't binge watch it or anything like that I lived out in the country and um so I just every Sunday I would you know be glued to my screen and sometimes they would have specials where they um would show more than one and that was a great day (laughs) but um when I met my husband, he also very much loved the show. He lived in, in Canada, so it was very uh, popular there. And um, gosh, you know, it just became something I, I really enjoyed. I could get into it. The science was fairly accurate. You know, they, they try really hard to uh, make it real. It's not just a lot of gobbledygook words you know and gosh the humor the sense of family in the show it just an adventure it just had everything <laughs> it, it's i'm always amazed at the number of uh, uh, hello sonia <laughs> welcome to the show Thank you. everybody <laughs> i'm always amazed by uh the number of people who i uh encounter who are like you know that one that one was if there were if there were any of the sci-fi's that I would think were really grounded in as as realistic sci-fi as possible, Stargate would probably be at the top of the list. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that they really did make it, and I think part of it has the advantage of it's in the here and now, so it's here and now's technology. Mm-hmm. But I think um, there's something to be said for this particular franchise really going out of its way to make sure and. Not every episode is always that, but that is they're trying to they're trying to make it as as realist realistic a portrayal of of the Air Force and of our current society and of the science as best as they can given the constraints of whatever story they're trying to tell. Exactly, exactly, and you know, as somebody who loves to learn different things, I really enjoyed hearing about. Uh, the Egyptian history and things like that, that they meshed uh, to fit the context of the show. Um, But a lot of that, you know, base uh, mythology is solid and, uh, and true. Uh, So it it was just really interesting to me. And uh, I recently found out that I have an Egyptian background. So it's Mm. really a lot more special to me now because I was always drawn to that uh, that that part of the show wow did did you do the the heritage dna test i did um there was some unknown stuff in there too and i i really think that's the furling uh right there but uh, (laughs) (laughs) 
Summer <laughs> is a bit furling obsessed. Yes. <laughs> well, I I really appreciate having you on my team, and uh, uh, thanks for coming back to uh, uh, to share some some thoughts and some memories with us. I'm going to come back to you in a minute, okay? Hello, Germany. Nicole Seizel. Hello. How are you? Hi. <laughs> Great. <laughs> so what's been, uh, what's been going on with Stargate Project? And uh, how did you fall in love with the, the franchise? Yeah, we've been doing really good lately. So um, there's lots of interest. There's lots of new interest. There's, um, yeah, many fans coming back. <laughs> and that's really cool to see. And yeah, my mom got me into Stargate. <laughs> so she hates when I say that, but it's true. <laughs> Why? It's, it's I don't know. <laughs> it, this is we are in the era of nerd. So <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, she watched it and at some point I just joined and yeah, that's it. <laughs> what um keeps you coming back? Why do you why do you keep watching the show? It's been um, off the air for 10 years. What the heck are you doing? Yeah, like the mythology. And there are so many episodes you go back and dis- still discover things. So um, there's all those small little things um, embedded in the episodes um, that you discover once you go back. And there's also, um, I think, there are so many episodes that you can watch them back to back because it's a certain character involved. And so I like watching it on DVD um, because, yeah, you can skip certain episodes and uh, complete a character arc, for example, or something. Yeah. Yeah. Mythology and so on. It, it kind of, considering that they did 360 somewhat episodes, it, it always blows me away how consistent they are. Uh, especially in the later seasons, on the earlier on the earlier mythology. I mean, some of the characters may flub a, a planet's address or something like that, but generally speaking, they're they're they they're pretty tight on their own internal internal mythology. Yep. Miss Marcia Middleton, how are hey, you doing? I'm doing great, thank you. Good to see you, everybody. <laughs> Marcia, how'd you fall in love with uh, with the franchise? Oh my goodness, you got an hour. Um, well, as you know, I watched the movie from, um, the beginning. I went to the theater, sat in the middle, and, um, I've always been interested in Egyptology and that kind of thing. And so the movie itself intrigued me. And when the screen started and David Arnold's music came up and it just, I was, fully immersed in the world that Roland and Dean created. And um, I watched the movie in quite a few times <laughs> and, um, and it became part of, uh, you know what happens when you love something, it becomes part of your DNA sort of. And um, never suspecting or even thinking that it would become a series. You know, I just, you know, I watched Stargate. I started to collect things from Stargate, the movie, and there wasn't that much to collect. So you can really do it if you want to. Um, And when they announced the series, I thought, hmm, okay, (laughs) who's doing this series? (laughs) Richard Dean Anderson, who I liked from General Hospital because he used to be on that soap. 
Mm-hmm. And of course, MacGyver and all that kind of stuff. And I said, okay, hmm. Um, it's on where? It's on Showtime. That means that you have to pay money. Hmm. Okay, I'm going to have to invest in this. So I sat down and I set the stage. Okay. And the very first episode came up and I liked the way they bridged from the movie to the series. They knew they had to tweak certain things and change things, yet the music was there, the atmosphere was there, and then there was the new too. So that bridged and it opened up another whole universe of Stargate stories. Um, and the, the cast was, they gelled very quickly. Um, of course, Donis Davis and, and just so many. It, it, they became a joy to watch. And every week it became my, one of my things to do. And um, over the years, I've become involved deeply in Stargate and have, have really enriched uh, and been enriched by the series. I don't think it's we often appreciate just how successful Children of the Gods is as a Stargate 2. Mm-hmm. You know, it really achieves <clears throat> what someone look at it as being a pretty daunting task from the feature film because <laughs> mm-hmm. the feature film is so broad in scope, mm-hmm. but it really had that hook. And you know, Children of the Gods is what I saw first. And then I saw yeah. Stargate the next day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's it's a compelling two hours of television for sure. So, and it's so you really watched Children of the Gods first, and then watched Stargate the movie. Yeah, I I was watching. I was expecting either The Outer Limits or Poltergeist: The Legacy on Saturday night on ABC. It's a, it was mm-hmm. syndicated, and and one had aired. I can't remember which. And then this two hour thing came on, and I watched it. And That's then the next day, M- NBC was airing. Uh, Stargate, the feature film, as its uh, Sunday night movie. So I, I think it was just fate. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing. Absolutely. Nicole Rodriguez Galdo. Hello, hello. Oh, no. Hello. How you doing? Uh, I'm all right. I'm all right. How are you? I'm doing okay. Tell us a little bit about your Stargate story. Oh, you know, I, I talk about it so much that it's, I don't know. It's it's like it's just burned into my memory now, and I, it's just I don't know if it's interesting anymore. Um, so I was like five years old, bored, and my dad had like forced me to watch an episode of Stargate somewhere in the middle, and I was like, I have no idea what's going on. I just want to remind everyone I was born in nineteen ninety eight, so when I was four, that was like around season four of Stargate. So, you know, um, yeah, I was a uh, very young. And then after my dad force fed me Stargate, he left and I was like, well, he left his DVDs here. So I'm just gonna have to watch him when he's not around. So I, I stole them, uh, I watched them and I watched like most of season one. There was no Children of the Gods cause he had the individual DVDs from the magazines and there was no movie for me. So I literally picked up like season one and then seasons four and five. And then that was how I watched it. So I had to like figure out what happened between from the recaps where they were like previously on Stargate SG1 and I was like I have no idea what that is but um I'm gonna assume what it is so yeah it came out of a desire to kind of bond with my dad a bit more and kind of just um be into similar stuff so when we hung out we had something that we could share and I was like if I watch this my dad will watch it with me and we'll have a great time 
and yeah I mean it's um uh, as a kid growing up I feel like it taught me a lot of life lessons um it made me somewhat more intelligent at the time for a five-year-old I like to think so yeah I mean that's pretty much it I just I've been obsessed with it the whole time and then when this opportunity came up to be a super fan I was sitting there like oh my god I missed out on all the Stargate stuff as a kid because I was born during season one of SG1 and I was like this is my time to catch up and be part of the community so yeah uh is, is Stargate and a love of the franchise something that you're you and your dad still share yeah my dad I um now that I'm an adult and I can buy stuff I bought him all of Atlantis on blu-ray and then all of SG1 on dvd because um that's kind of what we did growing up my dad would buy me things that like I couldn't afford uh but not himself and then he'd just steal my stuff so then after I stole his stuff so now that I'm an adult I was like stop stealing my stuff here you go um I still have his Stargate DVDs that I stole when I was a kid don't tell him um I hope he doesn't watch this (laughs) uh thank you for sharing uh we're gonna come back to everybody uh just uh, in a minute to discuss uh uh individual uh, favorite episode memories but uh what mr william murphy hey there how are you doing sir i'm well man how are you i'm doing great it's always a pleasure to talk to you it's been too long i know it has how how are uh, how is life at the nuclear power plant oh life at the plant is fine um been been chugging along and uh keeping our heads above water like everyone else in these zany times but uh but yeah going going just fine yep so what um got you into the show uh well it's not as uh as i guess uh family endearing or or you know uh exciting as others but um you know i I saw the film in the theater i remember that vividly i mean it's quite young not quite as young as nicole but uh young enough that was a great movie figured as a one-off um you know as far as the storyline it was great it was cool and uh you know i grew up in rural georgia um so you know not you know in in definitely the internet's infancy. So uh, not a lot of chatter about what's coming out or what is and isn't certainly had no idea what's on Showtime and what's not, but uh, quite literally I was up late on a Saturday night studying in high school. Like I was working on a project or something. I had this nine inch black and white TV that I got for $5 at a garage sale. (laughs) And um, we didn't have cable even um, at the time. So, uh, so as it happened, my room or, or maybe that like 50, foot stretch of brass cable, uh, you know, a uh, wire. I bought at a radio shack that I had hooked up to this TV as an antenna wrapped around the, s- the ceiling of my room helped, but I got, I was the only TV in the house that had decent reception of a certain CBS affiliate in Atlanta. But at 1135 on a Saturday night is apparently when Stargate SG-1 aired on syndication. And it was a, it, uh, it was some intermediate episode in season one that I'm going to talk about is one of my favorites. So I won't say which yet, but I was like, Whoa, is this that, that that's Stargate like from the movie. And like on my grainy black and white TV, I watched this episode and it was great. And so I made a point to keep watching it. Obviously midway through season one kind of, you know, interpolate on who's who from the film and, and then it kept going. And then uh, once I got to, to college, I had cable and boy, was that a change seeing them in color. Um, <laughs> and, on, and on TV, it was TV screen larger than nine inches. And then it kind of went from there. Um, got hooked on it in, in, in college. This had been in 2001. Um, you know, the sci-fi Mondays, you know, where they put the four, four shows, uh, episodes back to back on Mondays on sci-fi channel. Um, got me, uh, got me caught up real fast. Um, and just love the heck out of it. 
you're uh, one of the more analytical ones among us, um, as already just established with with your job. How truthful was it? Uh, do you th- do you think to um, uh, or how truthful do you think it tried to be to real world science? Well, you, you know, I think you, you said it best uh, earlier, um, talking to Summer. I think when you know it, the the realism helps by by having a science fiction um, you know program set in the present time, um, and so you know more of the you know, fantastical elements, you know, are, are somewhat grounded by necessity. Uh, I think overall they did a very good job. You know, they, uh, they, they made a point throughout the entire run of the show, you know, all, all three franchises have some very, very strong science consultants to make sure that, um, that they, uh, they stayed as true as possible. I mean, given, you know, you gotta, you gotta take some leaps at science fiction after all, you know, superconducting devices that create stable wormholes and hyperspace generators and, you know, little Mr. Fusion, you know, Naquita reactors and stuff like that. But, but, but overall, you know, the, the, the techno Bible was solid, you know, you know, especially, you know, with, in my background uh, with nuclear, you know, um, discussions about, you know, how, like how, how neutrinos worked with the, uh, the crystal skull aliens and, um, and uh, discussions of, we talked about before, uh, you know, Daniel Jackson's radiation exposure in Meridian and how that was based on an actual real life event that occurred in the forties, um, with uh, actually kind of two of them with, with uh, what are called criticality accidents um, that are very tragic. So, uh, so yeah, I think they, they were very respectful to, to science and that's obviously something that kept me uh, engaged throughout the entire run of the franchise. That's awesome, man. And that, you know, it, the group, it just helped grow your, your, uh, your, I'm sure your interest in, uh, in your field. Oh, absolutely. It definitely helped sustain it through some, uh, some frustrating nights of why the heck am I doing this? I should have just gone and been a weatherman or something like that. <laughs> Absolutely. Hello, Australia. Yvie Cahill, you are muted. Hello, I'm down under. <laughs> How are things down under? How are you doing? Uh, um, unpleasant and hot, but it's okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's your summer. That's right. I know. It's, um, what, like a few days into summer now? So it's going to be like the... um. Yeah, it's going to be like the planet Natu quite soon. <laughs> oh my God. Great <laughs> reference. How'd you fall in love with the franchise? Oh, okay. So I actually came in quite late to the franchise. Um, I started watching, I think, about 2013. So I think much of the show was done by then. Um, I was introduced to it by my then boyfriend, who's now my husband. Um, he actually came from a Stargate family. And he wanted to do a rewatch. He hadn't seen it since I think it had aired. So he sat me down and we started watching it. And it took me a couple of episodes to warm up. But um, by probably about midway through the first season, I was just totally, totally hooked. Oh, that's G1. Um, So you started you at the front? Yeah, I started with the movie, of course, and then went into SG1. Um, Had to watch it chronologically. Uh, and I think it was just sort of those, um, those like key universal themes that really got me in, um, you know, the really likable characters, um, you know, like the, the teamwork, loyalty, uh, perseverance, things like that, um, just really got me hooked. Um, also I developed a bit of an obsession with, um, Sam and Jack and I became a bit of a Sam and Jack shipper. Um, and I guess the, um, <laughs> the, uh, the lack of official proof uh, by the end of the eighth season got me interested in um, reading a lot of fan fiction and from there writing my own fan fiction. 
So um, I guess that's where I, yeah, I would like sit with the franchise. Do you know about uh, the deleted scene from, from Trio? Uh, of course I know about the deleted scene from Trio. <laughs> when I need a boost, I, I watch it quite frequently. <laughs> Oh. This is how sad my life is. <laughs> <laughs> well, for those out there who are wondering, uh, what uh, what happens in that scene? Uh, so, um, Kala and um, Carter are talking about uh, how she has a relationship with someone a little bit older than, older than her in Washington, um, and they're waiting for him to retire. So, you know, big flash neon sign, Jack, 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 Jack. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> So we're going to go from Australia to France. Brezat, hello. Hello. Nice beard, man. Thanks. Containment, COVID. I don't have time to... The the barbers are closed, so... Yes, understood. Absolutely. Yeah, I have to do a little uh, uh, self-work here about once a week, so I totally get it. How did... I I love your sporting the Stargate Superfan shirt. Can you show that off? Yeah. No, can you show yeah. it like a little bit more? Yeah, sure. There we go. <laughs> Fantastic. So how did you fall in love with the franchise? So um, it's a quite particular story. Um, so I grew up in a family where uh, to watch TV was by far the less performed activity. Uh, in fact, with my brothers and sisters, we were mostly at the music school. So TV, just for movies with parents, some time, but... Um, no more. And um, so it was a Saturday evening at the end of 2005, yes, quite late. Uh, I was zapping on TV channels in secret so that my parents don't know. Uh, then it appears on an episode of Stargate. Uh, at this time, I still didn't know anything about Stargate, even its existence. Nothing. Um, it was the episode uh, there about the grace of God. And uh, I thought to myself when I found the episode, oh, this movie looks so cool. It's sci-fi. Uh, the story is set on Earth. Uh, and as you said before, it's on your time, accurate, realistic. Uh, so it, I liked this uh, immersive side of the, of the show. Um, Yes, um, I just said movie because um, I never watched a TV series before that day. Just imagine, uh, I didn't know what a series was before Stargate. And then I decided to buy the complete series on DVD. Uh, after receiving, receiving them, I literally, did, I don't know if we can say in English, uh, devolved the series. Just watch, watch, watch. Uh, I, I watch a, a DVD per night. Approximately one or two DVD per night. Well, Jeez, DVD. man, that's yes, a lot. Four, four episodes at once per night. In the morning, that I slept during the high school classes. Imagine. <laughs> that, yes. Well, at least you got your priorities straight. <laughs> yes. Tell me about what's. Also. Yes. Tell me about uh, what's behind you. Are these um, replicas? Or I don't yes. think the Homeworld command flag was a... No, no. The fact is, uh, the SGC is a screen-accurate replica. I think one on the only on, on worldwide. I don't know where is the original is. Um, probably sold to someone. 
so um, it's I use this during conventions, um, events with my costume groups to to make pictures with people with fans just to, to have a, a shooting shooting set in fact for for people and the target the homeworld comment uh, it's come from universe. There is a, a big logo in the wall and the, the series in the O'Neill uh, desk room. Yeah, the uh, Pentagon. Office. Yeah, yeah. I, Pentagon, I sold it. So the prop I, works. I, I don't know who got it, so, but it's a uh, stitch love to get it. Um, <laughs> There's my answer. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I just decided to 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 make a flag. I suppose that if universe uh, still continue, it could. Have flag this one, so it's a it's a perfect perfect replica of the logo, but in the flag. I suspect so, if yeah. yeah we saw more of O'Neill's section of the Pentagon, we yeah. would have seen something like it. So very cool, man. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming. Thanks, Sonia Melenkoff of That's Nerdy me. Novelty Design. <laughs> Hi. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm sorry I was a little bit late. No, just glad you're here for the party. It's very so, early. So before we get into a little bit of, of uh, your business, uh, tell us how you fell in love with the franchise. So I watched the movie when I was 10, I saw it in theaters um, and I remember liking it. Like it was, it was fun. It was a sci-fi movie. It was great. And then I kind of like forgot about it because I was 10 um, and I didn't watch the show when it first came out. Um, I actually started watching it in 2003. I was at a college party and um you know what people do at college parties they watch sci-fi shows right yeah obviously um so <laughs> we they put on the movie there and i was like oh yeah i like this movie it's fun because i like sci-fi I like, like any sci-fi and they're like okay now we're gonna watch this tv show based on the movie i was like what like i was aware that it existed but i had never like watched it um we we watched Children of the Gods, and I was like, this is really good. And my friend's like, oh, well, I have the DVDs if you want to borrow them. So I did. And I basically binged watched it instead of, like, doing homework, um, which it was fine. I My grades were fine. But um, it I, I didn't know what binge watching was, but I, I think I got up to when was, it was 2003. So it was up to, like, season, like, six or seven, I think. And then I just started watching it on sci-fi and I was hooked. <laughs> and how did this grow into a passion uh, that you were able to monetize? As many inquiring minds would like to know. So for people that don't know, I own an oven mitt business. I don't actually have any with me right now because I didn't think to bring it on here. But I, so I make my own dresses like this. This is like a, sci-fi dress and people asked me to make them dresses and it's hard to make clothes for other people because like even two people the same size can have completely different bodies so I was like well, what can I make that fits everybody so I made an oven mitt posted on online got like a huge reaction and now I make oven mitts actually one of them is <clears throat> Stargate but it's hand-drawn by well I have an artist who works on it so it's like I, I, I'm supporting independent artists. I have a whole bunch of nerdy sci-fi fandoms. And so I basically, I just turned my, my own nerdiness 
into an oven mitt business. That's random. I know. Also, I have a degree in, in physical anthropology, which totally helps me sell oven mitts. But um, a lot of the like Daniel Jackson stuff, like his background was really interesting to me. Um, I actually did go on some digs. And it, so I, it was kind of cool seeing like a character that I was like, oh, well, that's not how you do it. But that's still fun. You know, shows like that don't really let um, science get in the way of a good story. You know, it's a tricky balance. Yeah. I mean, you could you could spend the entire time of of, of uh, 44 minutes filling in the detail and minutia of of why something is done the way it's done or why they made the choices to make it the way that it was. And that's often what Carter's business was to to explain it so that we could then you know hang a lantern on it and move on uh but you're that, right that's that's a term Sorry, I'm, I'm okay. i know i dropped it i figured <laughs> someone recognized it but yeah no it's uh it's a tricky balance and i mm-hmm. think uh i think all of us would agree that stargate uh did a pretty good job at uh at walking that tightrope oh yeah i would like to open the next uh question to the floor uh any specific and and feel free to unmute uh any specific memories that you guys have had on this journey uh as super fans that you would like to share with uh one another and and with our viewing audience since you guys got this this whole thing started so ivy you uh you unmuted first i'm gonna i'm gonna go with you and then uh nicole i actually have one uh that i share with nicole so she might want to buddy so I actually went over to the UK to go to Kalmar um, in Telford with Nicole. And um, we actually shared a house with um, Alexis Cruz. Um, he's a friend of mine. Yeah, he's a, a wonderful human Nicole's being. Dad's. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so um, had a bit of a sort of an interesting, um, I guess, sighting so when we're in the hotel in Telford we were about to go out to go eat something and we passed Peter Williams on the way through and um (laughs) and Alexis runs up to him and goes daddy (laughs) gives him a huge hug (laughs) yeah and Peter's like and then Peter goes my son we were trying to go get like just Nicole and I just looked at each other just like that is just perfect perfect The fact that you know, for some of them, they, they, I mean, not all the actors can be re- uh, reasonably relied on to do this. And you can't blame them because there were so many shows. But for some of them, they they were fans of the show and they they watched it, you know? Yeah. So little things like that are, are absolutely gems. So. It, was, it was a beautiful, <laughs> beautiful scene. <laughs> Anyone yeah. else have, have moments from um, over the course of this uh this, this time together. Uh, Summer, you unmuted first, then I'm going to go to, to Marsha. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, I had really never been to a convention ever. And when I found out that I was chosen, I was like, oh my gosh. And it was only like a week or so later, we were in California and it was a very unique experience for me because I'd never been to anything like it. I've always wanted to go, but um, I have a lot of medical stuff that prevents me from travel. Um, But it it was great to meet all of these guys because they were from everywhere, but we had so much in common because we shared this 
you know, love of Stargate. And it was just really cool. And then I went to Chicago and my favorite moment from there is when I met um, uh, Braytech. Uh, ah, Braytech. Tony uh, Amendola. Yes, Amadola. And Jenny, uh, a friend of ours, was was standing around and he recognized her. And I was in my wheelchair. And all of a sudden, he came up behind me and Jenny was in front of me and he hugged Jenny. And I look up and there's Bryce. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, no way. <laughs> and it, that was just the funniest meeting. And then I was able to talk to him later. And you know how he goes, uh, he always tells Don Davis, you know, uh, Hammond from Texas. And yes, and so since I'm from Texas, I said, I'm Summer from Texas, you know? <laughs> and so that was like my favorite thing. I like, I had always dreamed about doing that. And so it was so cool to be able to, to do that. <laughs> I was so blown away with your creativity. You had made these little, um, I don't remember if it was, if it was keychain specifically, but mm-hmm. like little, um, just, just thank yous, little physical thank yous for mm-hmm. so many of these of these cast and crew. And I, I was lucky enough to get one. Um, uh, did Stargate help fuel your creativity? Oh gosh, yes. Um, I'm always thinking. You know, I I have a little bit of jewelry that I make and Stargate stuff, and I'm always trying to think of ways how can I incorporate Stargate into my my work. You know, but it does definitely because I'm so passionate about. Stargate and I'm passionate about uh, sculpting and creativity. So it, it definitely comes together. Um, uh, I made a pin set that uh, I want to start making those a lot more, but it's the staff weapons. I made uh, pins uh, that are staff weapons. And so I really enjoyed that. And I'm, I definitely want to make more of those because those are really cool but yeah you take take the the front end of it off and start writing with it is that how that uh-huh. works it, yeah yeah it, it it's actually open at the end and uh you can you can write with it yeah it's pretty neat so i i just got the idea i'm like a pin hey i can make that into a staff weapon and so i made this little box i had two sets of them sitting on the bar one set of pins sitting on this golden egyptian box and they actually sold it at auction um in chicago so it was really great to be able to to donate to that that's really cool well the next time you make another one uh let me know okay so, and let right. me know how much it will cost because okay. i would love a staff weapon pen all so, right marcia you raised your hand yeah oh wow um well as most of you know i've been involved in fandom for a long time um as a staff member at conventions. And one of the things I love to do is to bring fans together, um, creating programming, bringing um, nurturing talents and and bringing fans and stars together to create magic is is something that I love to do. Well, um, I worked at um, at staff for DragonCon for many years and, um, and started to bring in, try to bring in Stargate, more Stargate guests, more Stargate programming. And um, we'd heard about uh, this convention in California called San Diego Comic-Con. <laughs> and although I had never Just a small been, one. <laughs> just a little one. And DragonCon itself is pretty large. You know, it's, it's about maybe 80,000. But 
oh, they told me this is even bigger. I said, really? So um, we decided to take the trek across to San Diego and go to Comic-Con one year just to see what it was like. Well, it just so happened that at that time I was also um, granted the directorship for the new um, Stargate track. So we created a new Stargate track at DragonCon. And so I said, okay, well, you know, flying across the country, maybe I'll meet some, you know, Stargate actors and have some fun. Well, I was looking in the program um, guide and then it was all printed, not like now, it's all. <laughs> so I'm looking through and I'm, I'm going on like, is that Dean Devlin? Dean Devlin was um, going to be at Comic-Con promoting Flyboys, um, the movie that maybe you haven't seen, but it's not that bad. But um, I said, oh my gosh, the creator is going to be there. That is going to be my first, that's, that's what I'm going to go see. If I don't do anything else, I'm going to go see that panel. So um, we, that was my very first panel, 12 noon on um, Friday. I went to, um, to see Dean Devlin's panel, Flyboys. So, um, you know, afterwards, sometimes you get a chance to ask a question. So thankfully, I was able to ask him the question about the Stargate trilogy and how he felt about Stargate becoming a franchise. And, and so he kind of spoke about that for one of the first times, getting out his feelings about how he felt. And, and uh, so after that, um, the, the panel was over. I walked up to him and I told him um, what I was doing at DragonCon, new Stargate panel. And I asked him if he would do something. And he said, sure. Cause as you know, Dean Devlin is a fan person. He gets us, he gets us. He's a huge sci-fi nerd. Yes. <laughs> so he said, um, sure, you know, so um, we chatted and, and got together later and he ended up doing a video just for us at to show at DragonCon. And it's still up on YouTube if you wanna see it. He's got, it, it, he set it up in the corner, I think of, of his living room and, and, and did a, a, little, um, a little minute or so about how he was, you know, he loved fandom and wishes he could be there. So um, that is one of my favorite moments from, from the beginning of, of my, my uh, Stargate journey. And then it's just, you know, taken off from there, just, you know, being able to do panels with um, and, and bring Stargate all over to a lot of people who otherwise would not be able to get together and not even know that fandom existed so that they could get together is something that I treasure. And, and of course, um, being with you guys is, and knowing you guys is something that is, is wonderful. You guys, this is a this is a pre-recorded show. It's it's technically the twenty-fifth show that I've done in in two months. Marsha isn't scheduling a bear. <laughs> <laughs> My God, it is the hardest part about this. It's like everyone's like, oh, you can get them on your show. It's like, yeah, I can, but it's like you know, it's not easy to to it's coordinate. So, so you know, I can't imagine DragonCon. Well, we had um, the first year we did, we had. 10 Stargate guests, we invented the term mega panel. You'll see, if you want wow. to see some of them, they're up on, on um, YouTube. And so we had Donna Davis, Rachel Luttrell, um, uh, just Jason Momoa, everybody on stage at the same time. And it, you know, but being able to, um, to do that was super fun because um, watching people interact, I, doing this with, with, several, with so many people is 
tricky, David. I don't know how you do it. So being on stage with that many people is fun and it's a balancing act. And, and um, yeah, you're right. Scheduling is fun. <laughs> you're doing a great job <laughs> thank you i appreciate it. i appreciate having you all on uh brazat you uh you uh put your hand up a minute ago um less yes it was a really small story um at the um, the event in in uk that uh nicole were before kalma kalma uh, yes that this time um I met Jenny and his team for the first time, and Nicole too. Uh, and uh, we were in the in the night. There is a little party with actors. We drink some some stuff. We dance, and uh, we were um, we 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 were a small group, four or five people, including Jenny and Nicole. And I don't remember why, but Nicole was starting to cry a little bit uh i think she, she will be able to, <laughs> to she's about to why. now I don't remember yeah um i don't know why uh i just took from from my pocket uh, a kleenex just to give her to to sneeze to because she was uh... <laughs> so it, for first contact it was fun and uh, wonderful in a way. So it's a great Sonia. Yeah. She, Thank you, Bray, for being there for me. <laughs> Thank you, appreciate yeah. it. Anyone else? Yvi? Me again. Hello again. <laughs> Hello. Um, I just wanted to share, just in case you guys hadn't seen it already, I, um, I do a little bit of painting. I'm not any good, but <laughs> I have a bit of a passion for it. Doesn't it doesn't matter. And... <laughs> art is art. I actually made this jacket for Kalmar last year, and it um, infuses my two great passions, which is Stargate and Vincent Van Gogh. So I'll, see, I'll try and hold it up. I was like, can you see it? Oh, my God. That is so cool. That's so awesome. <laughs> I even did like the chevrons and I tried to do the individual symbols for the. Um, you, can you pull it up again and, and talk about like yeah. about more specific parts of it a little bit closer so that we can see yeah, a little bit better? Yeah, I'll try. I'll have to maybe put it on my head. Raise it up a little higher. Yeah. Wow. That is, that is so cool. Yeah, so I just did it for a bit of fun, um, but yeah, I did like the individual, individual uh, symbols. That's hard. Bit of, bit of finger <laughs> painting, and yeah. yeah, it was loads of fun. But yeah, it's just like an old jacket that I got from a secondhand store. Now the Starry Night Stargate look—that's that's extremely cool. I've seen the original in New York. It's just one of those. It's like, oh, oh my god, I'm in the presence. I of wish something I could holy. see it. I've seen a photo of my parents' photo. <laughs> um, but no, I haven't seen it in real life. I have to just make up my own. <laughs> That's so is, great. Is that the Stargate night? Huh? Oh, <laughs> yes. Yes, Sonia. I love it. <laughs> I'll be here all week. <laughs> <laughs> Mic drop. Guys, um, one or two of your favorite Stargate episodes. And Sonia, I'm, I'm going to uh, start with you and work my way backwards up the, uh, up the board. Okay, so. And, and why? Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite episodes, I mean, it's really hard to come up with two episodes that are like my favorite 
Every one of them is my favorite, obviously. But um, one I really like is Point of No Return from SG1. Um, I'm a, I mean, I like uh, Willie Garson and his character. And that was just so like, I mean, not relatable because I'm not from another planet, but like sci-fi nerds secretly want to be like, you know what? I'm not just interested in outer space. I am from outer space. And like that, that whole like paranoia thing, like it, it's like, it's real. And like, he is from outer space. Like it was just the episodes I like are like kind of the more comedic ones. And so that had a good level of both comedy, but also like a good story. So I love that one. Um, the whole, all three, and that's the, that series, like there's one no return, uh, Wormhole Extreme, and then 200 were the three Willie Garson episodes. They're all good. But Point of No Return was kind of like the, the first one, and I I really like that one. Another one that I love um, is, okay, so I'm a huge SG-1 fan, but I actually picked an Atlantis episode. Um, it was Duet, because some of you know... Uh, oh, Rod- yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Rodney McKay is my favorite character. Like, even though I'm like SG-1, like 100% favorite show of all time Rodney is still my favorite character just because he's he's likable and not likable but you love to hate him sometimes um and yeah, then, David like, Hewlett had to walk a line yeah seriously his, and like he was really good at that his character evolved over mm-hmm. the 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 evolution of his character is just amazing yes he did yes. such a great job and I feel like that episode has everything that I love about both Rodney and David Hewlett, because he's also, like, a huge, like, goof. And I felt like that episode was, like, the epitome of why I like that character. <laughs> it's funny. Again, it's a good story. Like, every episode is a good story, though. I feel like I'm just going to, like, repeat that if you if I talk about every episode. <laughs> but, so those are two, my two that I picked. <laughs> Brazat. One or two of your favorites. Yes, it's me. Um, I will let you uh, find, I'm sure you will find in the first time, I will show you something. And David, you will have to find that it will be very easy. Uh, I do recognize that. I thought, uh, is, so is, is that a replica in the middle? No, it's original, screen used. Are you sure? Yes, I am. I know you have one. Yeah, we have both one. Uh, you, you mute, you mute, you mute. I like that it was Maybe. like right there. You could just go grab it. Oh, so which which um which is this one then? So if that's, I think they meant one or two. But oh, mine okay. Is, it's turn, turn it around. So yeah, they're both production made because they're yeah. they're the exact same. Yeah. But it won't, I mean, I, mine is mine they more both shiny. Have... It's more shiny. I don't know. It's more um, translucent. Yes, it's shiny. Yes. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I know you had it's, one. It'd be hard to tell which one was technically the screen used one. No, it's point. quite difficult to know. So, but you've got the um, you've definitely got the um, the ring. So that's yeah. cool. All right. So now that we're done so, comparing sizes. Um, 
Favorite. So, so would Full Circle be one of your favorites? Yes. Yes. One of the favorites. The fact is, um, the, the, requ the request to speak about my two favorite episode is quite really not simple question. Uh, I am sure the, the other feeling of many fans or super fans. Uh, there are so many episodes, so many great stories, like I said before. Um, so I not speak about my two favorites. I will not be able to. Uh, let's say really two that I appreciate a lot. Okay. Um, so Full Circle, uh, the last of this season six, there are quite a lot of elements which led me to choose this episode and um, I will not be able to tell you in a specific order, uh, but those points, as you know, I am a big fan of set decoration, work made by the studio's set department. Uh, so I just love the decorations inside the pyramid, the target room, the large room in the basement, especially the treasure room. Um, the work of the materials, uh, more specifically, uh, the foam or the polystyrene paints to simulate stones. The, this, in the all, a lot of episodes, they, they made that. It's very impressive. And um, it's always fascinated me to do just paint job. And uh, it's uh, it's uh, uh, it's magic for me just to make a foam and simulate stone, uh, steel, whatever. Um, Paint. You can make yeah. it look like wood. You can make it look like metal. Anything. It's, it's just it's amazing. It's it's a talented people that were behind this the, the department. Um, and this episode for me one of one among others of the most representative sets of the series because in a way uh, it have a continuity with Roland Emmerich's movie and the pilot episodes so uh, with uh, Abydos and uh, yeah and um, the Iden Room for example for the Ra Iden Room um, with the trailer. It's a clearly wonderful set for me as a prop and fan collector. Um, I'm always amazed about the hundreds of props used on this set. Uh, and mostly because all, all are in the relation with Egyptology. Uh, we, we must not forget that uh, it's, it's on the, the, how to say, uh, we must forget that in this, the, the, the culture of the series is mainly based on this. And it must have been a quiet story to have managed to find in various props houses to collect and set up so many items. Uh, and in my part, it was thanks to Sorge that I got interested in mythology. So yeah, quite a lot of elements <laughs> for me. Well, thank you for sharing. Yivy Cahill, favorite episodes. Well, this is a tough one, um, as many of the others have said, and I, I didn't want to bore you with my analysis of Window of Opportunity, because I think we all discussed that we all mentioned that the last time around. And obviously, as a fan favorite, you know. And let's get it out of the way. Window of Opportunity is holds a special place in all of our hearts. Oh, it certainly does. Sure? It yeah. certainly does. Um, but I was sort of going through um, all the episodes that I that I really appreciate, and there's a long list, obviously. And each season has, you know, at least five or, or six episodes or more that I really love. But I went back to season one, and I think it's probably the first episode that um, I guess really, really got me hooked, especially on the whole um, Sam and Jack relationship. And that would be there, but for the grace of God. Um, yeah, I just, 
I don't know. I just really love this episode. Um, obviously, there's a couple of little flaws, um, but I think overall, I really like that um, you're just really in the moment with Daniel. Um, you know, you're confused, um, obviously. Um, and towards the end, even though a lot of the main characters do end up perishing and some of them quite terribly, you're not really bothered because I think the writers have highlighted um, enough differences between the alternate reality and the, you know, the SG team that we know and love that you're not really like concerned all that much because you know they're different people well it still um, hits you but you're right i mean oh, yeah, at the end of the day kind of ours are like, still okay oh, but yeah. that's not the characters that i love so it's okay <laughs> like teal said you know ours is the only reality of consequence what <laughs> yeah, a jaded exactly. answer oh my gosh <laughs> um and i just yeah i i just kind of get um yeah, you just get, get caught in that moment at the very end when um, Daniel's just standing there, just waiting for the gate to dial. He's like, come on, come on. And even though I've seen the episode probably like half a dozen times, my heart still races, just like waiting for that gate to dial. Um, and then obviously that moment where Tilk sort of, I don't know, he hasn't met him before, but Jack mentioned him. Um, and there's like almost like this sort of moment of recognition there and um, I think everything that Jack has said has sort of sunk in. And um, I don't know if it's just me, but I think that he sort of deliberately shoots him in the arm, sort of not fatally wounding him because he realizes that something important has happened and he needs to play his part. Um, but, you know, I could be, I could be mistaken, but yeah, there was just like this split second where he kind of looks at Daniel and he's like, this is the guy, this is the guy that Jack was talking about. Um, and sort of just shoots him in the arm. Because obviously Tilk is a very good shot, as we've seen in previous episodes. And he had him at like point blank range. And he decided not to kill him, but only just wound him slightly on the arm. Um, and um, I actually rewatched the episode yesterday. And um, I actually kind of had to giggle a little bit when they're trying to defend the mountain you see Walter with like a shotgun wearing a cardigan. And I was like, that's just perfect. It's like the perfect mix of like fluffy and just lethal. It's just great. One of the things that my dad said when we were watching that episode, when your base is under attack, it doesn't matter your position. Everyone's an infantryman at that that's point. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And doesn't matter what you're wearing. Just got to go out there, defend the base. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> Mr. Murphy, please share. Hey, yes, sir. Um, well, two, I'll, two, I'll, I'll fire off just real quick. Um, you know, even though it's got some nostalgia since it was the first episode I watched, the season one SG one episode Solitudes is still one of my absolute favorites. I was expecting um, Yivy to bring that one up, considering the the Sam and Jack connection. Where I thought she was headed, and I was like, oh man, do, do we do we double dip on this? Um, because yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's got that, that, that some very astute moments, you know, it's my sidearm, I swear, et, et cetera. Um, but, uh, but that, that episode, um, you know, beyond the fact that it was the first one I got into it, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm kind of a, uh, I get hooked on, um, you know, survival epics and epics of any kind, um, you know, but, but this one was so pivotal to, and especially in early, early, early series. I mean, this given it was later third of, of season one, but, you know, the just just laying down the fact that the ghoul didn't build the stargate network that was 
that was like a, a, a what moment, you know, as far as broader lore. Um, obviously, the t- the second Stargate or the Beta Gate, you know, being being on Earth and and the major ramifications that had all through the series. Um, uh, and, Until and then, we blew it up in in season six, <laughs> right? Yeah, but 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 think well, but even before then, that it was it was the bailout after SG one had to use the Alpha Gate and Nemesis to to get you know to that's true to get, yeah to 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 save their own rear end. So I mean, just yeah, obviously major ramifications. And then obviously you know you know just thinking you know uh, as a fan watching it over and over again. Now it's like you you guys were like a few football fields away from you know. Atlantis, like the outpost, like the weapons platforms right over there, guys. It's right over there and you don't know it. Like that's that's pretty freaking cool. Um but first episode Martin Wood directed, um first time Siler showed up and uh and I I have straight up used that that line, that dialogue with him with Hammond, which was a little Star Trek reference, but the whole deal of, you know, it's going to take 24 hours minimum Hammond, you know, very Kirkish because you have half that and Siler says, "No sir, it doesn't work that way." 24 hours is the best I can do. I have literally said, no, sir, it doesn't work that way to my management at work. Like how I did say, they react yeah. to that? Uh, it, it varies. Um, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure it's hurt my, my performance review with more than once, but that's just, the, that's just the fact of it, but I can't help myself. I mean, if I, if I could, if I could legitimately quote sci-fi in real life, I'm going to do it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so that, that one, that one is just a, a killer episode and, and it, and it had moments of every character really uh, show, you know, expanding their horizons, really developing and, and, you know, epic episodes like that, in my opinion, really give the actors a chance to really flex and on that note, that gets to my second, um, which is honestly my favorite episode of the entire franchise, and that's the Stargate Universe Season 2 premiere intervention. And, and we've talked about that before. That episode is a tour de force for Elena Huffman. Um, and it is it is really cool, especially for SG-1 or the Stargate franchise. And I'll say just period, unfortunately, for, for cinema and American cinema to let a, a female character you know, and as far it's definitely an ensemble cast have a moment, not just a moment, an episode like that. I mean, you can talk about the Lucian Alliance and the fighting for destiny and rush, you know, playing the, the, the bluff card on the pulsar hiding in the hydroponics bay and all that. But that episode was Elena Hoffman. I mean, that, that was her deal. Um, you know, she could her, have led that show as far as I'm concerned. Uh, 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 well, and that, that's, was. you're absolutely right. And, and that really just speaks to how powerful that whole cast was in general. I mean, and, and through season two, you know, where that, where universe really got its traction, um, you know, and that episode really, I think set the theme. It was, you know, when, when she was talking to Kane and her, you know, is it, was it a vision? Was it not, you know, um, kind of deal he has a line that has stuck with me. He said, you know, on the edge of the universe, who you are and what you believe means everything. And I think that was the thesis for the entire season where they had those episodes where every single character got to develop in a serious way to where they transitioned from, as, as Young called it, being the wrong people in the wrong place to being the right people in where they were meant to be. Um, but, but that episode set that off. Um, it, you know, just the, the montage to Mumford and Sons at the end was just, I mean, I've watched it a thousand times. If I've watched it once, it's just, it's just absolutely glorious. But, it, uh, for the, for the detractors out there of Stargate universe, if you, if you take that season as chapter two of five, you know, yeah. which really in many respects, the end of a, of a three act play, it's got it. It's killer. I mean, just, just, just absolutely killer. And, and it really, for me, again, the, the character development, the 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 real progress and you know a lot of people 
you know, kind of got dis- disillusioned beca- with with the, with the show because you know a lot of the characters were flat out not likable. But but seeing the advancement, they didn't come out of the woodwork, you know, with you know five degrees speaking twenty three languages, you know, in their in their spare time, they invented a longer lasting light bulb. I mean, these are flawed people, and I'm a flawed person, and to have the opportunity to see them get over their flaws, like true real issues and 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 expand and grow um for me it was real moving and that was in that that episode uh really kicks it off and uh man i love it it's it's interesting because i always look at sam i i love sam but at the same time they kind of they kind of in many respects she was kind of perfect but she but the thing was, she wasn't perfect. Right. She also had vulnerability and all yeah. this other stuff. But it wasn't until later that they were like, you know what? Let's let's show these sides of her personality as mm-hmm. well. That's what we start to see in like yeah. episodes like Singularity sure. with, with Cassandra. Now, those things had to come out later. Yeah. Whereas with SGU, they started pretty raw on all of them from the beginning and That's worked right. their way into, like you say, the people that they were meant to be for yeah. this mission. Right. Yeah, yeah, I think I think you're absolutely right, and, and you know you can argue you know McKay was a good example, of some strong development, and you know starting as a guest star in SG One, but really developing in Atlantis and and Ronan Dex that would be another character that comes to mind as having some real development, but um, even beyond you know even beyond uh, you know Carter, you know Jackson is just this wunderkind, you know, and O'Neill special ops ninja, you know, same thing with Shepard, um, although he did have a, a bit of a of a of a blight, you know, with his um, with his background, which they go into in vegas which is yet another episode people aren't necessarily a big fan of but uh but yeah i just i just love seeing that like you know just just good character development and uh and inter- intervention really went there for me i appreciate your nuance nicole rodriguez galdo your thoughts and, on uh, some of your favorite shows hello um well i just wanted to say uh thank you william for pointing out some great things about stargate universe people don't appreciate it enough so thank you so much for you know coming in and doing that i'm not going to talk about universe but i just thought i'd say thanks appreciate you but i'm going to move on to su1 now because you know like let's face it it, it is the, the the favorite um i have a lot of favorite episodes and it does kind of shift throughout you know how i'm feeling and you know how old i am uh, obviously you know we're not going to talk about window opportunity but you know get that out of there um i i really love um specifically i think there's one in season one which is torment of tantalus because of similar reasons that you know william mentioned earlier which is that it was kind of the setup for so many things later on talking about the um you know the universal language and you know having uh Ernest stuck in this you know on this other planet for so long and still holding out you know some hope and it's just the, the the character was great. The story was phenomenal. Uh, Daniel's constant, you know, striving to learn and get new, you know, information about their creation and where they came from is beautiful. Um, and I just really, really loved the way that that kind of set up, you know, the the alien races that that we later see discover um, as time goes on or not. You know, Paul Furlings, hey Summer. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I just, I love that one. I thought that was phenomenal, but I'm going to go completely left field and do something crazy, which is my current favorite is Prometheus Unbound, which is a different one because it only includes one official member of SU-1 for like all of it, which announces in the beginning. Um, I really love that episode because it's, 
it's a side of Daniel that you don't really get to see. Um, I'm going to call it the Jack side of Daniel or the Michael Shank side of Daniel. The, the more, you know, kind of like honest, kind of more brutal character. He's not being the sweet, sincere kind of person. He's being like, hey, look, okay, let's get our stuff together. You know, let's do this. You're annoying me, stop it. And um, I think that Claudia Black was such a brilliant addition to the team. You know, when I was a kid and I watched that, I was like, this woman's amazing. She's hilarious. I love her. I need her to come back. When she did, I was like, oh my God, best thing ever to happen to the show. Like, we're so, we're so lucky that the show became Fargate SG1, I don't care, Fargate's great. So yeah, but um, I also love the fact that Donis Davis got to come in and do a bit of action and got to be like his own hero, you know, not sending SG1 to save the day, he's saving the day. And then um, uh, having Walter piloting the ship, having Novak introduced before she appeared in that. I was gonna say, yes, a I great loved, first episode him. of two episodes or three at that point, yeah. Brilliant. It was a brilliant moment. I was sitting there like, damn, you know, you're a hilarious lady. Where are those hiccups at, you know? And and I'm really glad that they kind of, um, that they, Stargate is really uh, genuine and they always remember their characters, even the ones that don't appear too often. So when they start popping up in other places, I'm like, yes, 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 let's go, you know? And um, yeah, but Claudia Black and Michael Shanks have like the best chemistry um, I've seen in a while. You know, I'm obviously Sam and Jack for life, but they they had so many moments and it was such a unique relationship to see on the show where it was so dysfunctional and it was either romantic or friendly or both and it was a weird mix and I just thought that the relationship that came after that was such a different like I hadn't seen it in Stargate before or ever and it was just so chaotic but beautiful and I thought the evolution from that first meeting and all that weird tension and 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 <laughs> and then all the all the callbacks to you know like in Avalon when when she's like, isn't that where I, and he's like, uh, uh, no. And she's like, and then there's a uh, more comments later on about uh, where he's like, yeah, this is a, uh, this is a military vessel. And she's like, yes, I know, darling, I've stolen it before. And I'm like, yes, you know, it's, it's the comedy. It's so well done. And for an episode that stuck just inside the ship and didn't go anywhere, it did a great job on a lower budget. And I just thought this is when the writers do some really amazing work when they're given only an aesthetics to work on and then just one additional actor and they just make magic happen with limitations. And I just thought Claudia Black's the best, Michael Shanks and her have amazing chemistry, John S. Davis rocks, Novak's cool, love it, 10 out of 10. I so. think pretty much all of us would agree that the, the, the attention to internal mythology that the writers yeah. paid uh, was really one of the reasons why we kept on coming back because we were rewarded for past viewings in future content. Exactly. And people who that's were why. coming in could understand it and appreciate it, but for the rest of it, that's for us. Like 200 yeah. is all for us. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. So, so yeah. you you brought up Torment of Tantalus and I wanted yes. to um, share because that was oh, my no. favorite for a really long time because it's the start it's of, of Stargate's core mythology Stargate SG-1's core mythology thank god to Robert mm. Cooper oh my god it's the castle oh my yeah. god so is that is, an original drawing this is the original this is this is the castle from uh Torments of Tantalus and wow. yeah this is uh this is one of my preciouses but yeah it's um the the amount of detail I don't know if it was Ken Rebell or one of the others earlier on, but yeah, that was, I love this thing, obviously. And I'm then... I'm so jealous. <laughs> yeah, all, all arts, um, like, 
David shows are always piece of art. The the, the mm. drawings are always just exquisite details. I had yeah. the, the 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 pleasure to have a lot of them in my hands. It's always uh, not just beautiful pieces. Yeah, for sure. And then that's not that's not his book, is it? His notes. This oh, is, these why? are. Why are you like this? Because I am. Beautiful. So these are these are three of of Ernest's um, calendar pages. So. Catherine agrees. Catherine agrees. That's exactly right. So, yeah. yeah. Wow. I want to cry. I'm so jealous. <laughs> <laughs> Marsha Middleton. Hello. Your, hello. Your, uh, <laughs> some of your favorite Stargate episodes, please. Mm, okay. Um, well, I chose uh, the first one um, is The Serpent's Lair. And um, because when you're watching a show and you like it for the first season, going into the second season is really important because that's like the sophomore death knell. You know, if you don't come out strong and bring an audience with you, then, then uh, you know, it can tank. Well, we all know the season ender was, was fantastic. And then we waited for the opener. And I love this episode because it has some major, what I call bad assery in it. Because <laughs> we have, um, of course, uh, Peter Williams, who, you know, his just a shift of his eyebrows just shows evilness and, and his power. And um, we see Alexis Cruz's Chlorel and the, the fight he does with the inside of, with, uh, with his double character. And um, and we also see Braz um Brazit Braytech come in and um and Jack has to have a back seat. He he's not the leader in 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 the heroicness of this episode. He has to pull back in order to save the earth. And um, so I think their interchange is is funny and also um, telling for what happens later on in the series, that um, collaboration, that cooperation is gonna be what, um, what saves worlds from um, invasion and, and, and on. And also I love General Hammond and how he is back on earth and, and directing the um, best and the brightest to the alpha world. And yet he tells Samuels, well, you know, well, Sam's he wants to go. He says, no, you're going to stay here with me and get fried by whatever happens. You're going to stay here. So there you go. And I love the strength of General Hammond. And it was no nonsense. You know, he didn't throw a fit. It was like, that's it. And you're, it's done. So, um, and I, I love also the, the, the jokes about the, the ships <laughs> when, when they're asking, well, you have ships, don't you? Shuttles. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, yeah, we have, you know, I'm thinking tugboats and that's a These shuttles. They are, <laughs> right. they are formidable. They are formidable craft. Yes. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> and um, so I, I start to see that whole um, gelling of the interplay and the, and the working together of, um, of, of um, the different um, characters. And um, I would have liked to have seen what the new home world looked like. I wish they had shown us a little glimpse of, of what season they had. six. Yeah. Season season six in yes. uh, Allegiance. That's where that's mm -hmm. as far as we know, that's the same alpha site. 
Yeah. Okay. So, so there you go. Um, so, so that's the, my, my first episode is the, you know, the getting into the sophomore season and taking us on from there. And then my second one I've talked about before, and it's kind of different. It's, it's show and tell. And um, as I, I think Evie might've said, as, as you grow and live and things happen to you, your choice of, of episodes and what episodes mean changes and show and tell is about, uh, as we know, a little boy who comes through and he's, you know, they don't really know who he is. And, is, you know, does he have a bomb inside or what, what is he doing here? And he keeps talking about mother. And we're like, mother, I don't see anything. Poor little kid is delusional, you know? And then when we find out what mother is, it was a huge shock. And I thought that was fun to do in that episode. And, um, and the way that they brought in the, the technology that could, where you could only see with the special gun, I forget what it's called, but you could only see then. And, but I really liked the interplay between Jack and Charlie. I thought the actor that played Charlie was really, really good. And it's, it's difficult to play off of something that you can't see and, and make people believe that you are feeling that and talking to that for, for a young person. And I thought he did really well. And um, of course, most of you know that um, personally, my, um, my son passed away this summer, suddenly in July. And um, so the, the word <laughs> mother takes on a, a, a different meaning. And, and some of you also don't know that my daughter passed away a few years before that. So mother this year is, is something entirely different. You know, um, there won't be somebody calling me mother right now, but, but when I look at this episode, I can feel even more of, of what a relationship like that means, even for somebody who, who is an alien. And I, I just wanted to share with you, you know, I, I do fan events at, a, at a, uh, a Stargate panel that we had a few years ago. Um, we did crafting of badges. We did so. Um, this little, this badge here. I don't know if you can see. This is badge. Wow. This is the badge my son made. <laughs> and I saw this on his refrigerator. I said, "Let me, let me just have this with me when I talk to you know." It's it's not anything fantastic, but um, it's something that people had fun making together. And um, so this is uh, isn't it cute. <laughs> I think it's fantastic. <laughs> but um, so anyway, so show and tell is my, my next episode. Thank you for, for sharing yourself with us. Nicole Seizel, your favorites. Uh, one of my favorites is Avalon. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's probably not the first choice of many. <laughs> um, for me, it felt like uh, a new beginning. You have this new, yeah, sort of team. I mean, of course, Carter and Daniel and Tiag are still there, but uh, it still feels like completely new team and the dynamics and the chemistry shifts. And yeah, for me, I like the Ori arc because it's so different from the Goa'uld story. And yeah, so for me, Avalon is, is one of my favorites because it, it has, again, this, this um, adventure, this um, 
Mitchell at some point says something like, we have to get out and, and uh, explore things and there's so much more to discover, sort of. And um, yeah, I mean, it's true. It feels like it's going to another level. Um, they, they discover more about the ancients. And so I think there's so, so many mysteries left that um, can be explored. So I really like this one. And the other one I really like is uh, Brotherhood from Atlantis. Um, because, yeah, it's, it's also that kind of adventure and sort of mystery and exploring the galaxy. And that's what I really like about Stargate, because you go out and explore those planets and uh, meet new people and cultures and learn so much. And yeah, Brotherhood has all this, and also the Jedi are, I think, um, really great enemies. And yeah. they're a good wild card. That's what that's what they kept on using around the office. They wanted they wanted a, a a race that, you know, wasn't just black or white that had a lot of gray in them. It's like depending on the situation, they could help you or they could turn on you real quick. Yeah. Thank you for Hi. sharing. Yeah, Thanks. go I, ahead, I Sonia. Something? So from what Nicole said, that's one thing that I really love about Stargate. It was kind of like, almost like Star Trek-esque, where every episode it was like, explore new life, new civilizations. And that was what, I mean, I think a lot of people probably agree, but that that was one of the really cool things about the show. Just want to add that. Absolutely. Well, can I jump in with a- Yes, (laughs) of course, go ahead. With the the Stargate, Star Trek episode. One of the other ones I was going to talk about is Brief Candle, and it, it's such it's so Star Trekky <laughs> that it's it's funny. Um, but I I love the you know growing older and you don't know why and you have to figure out before the show is over, and that that's just Star Star Trek. So that's it. <laughs> well, the, I mean, Stargate clearly had a lot of of its influence uh, from from Star Trek, and and most of it was was very positive. So, you know that. Joseph Malazzi, we just had him on a couple of weeks ago for his second episode, and, and he made the comment, you know, that, uh, and he, neither of us combined could figure out who it was who said it, that, you know, all, pretty much all the stories have been told, you know, there's lo- only a certain number of, of stories that are out there in terms of, like, the raw mechanics when you break them down, but it's what you do with your characters that makes it interesting. So. Summer Roy, last but not least. Some of your favorites, Summer. Um, I think my favorites are a little abstract. It's not what somebody would normally choose. Um, my first favorite is um, uh, the first ones uh, with Shaka. <laughs> and the reason why it's my favorite is because... You know, I'm a little person. I'm three foot seven. I have a lot of medical issues. And um, so I'm in and out of hospitals a lot. And my father actually had a surgery and I wasn't, I was used to my father being beside me, but having to be beside my father was, was tough, you know? So for the first time I got to experience the other side because he had a surgery to remove uh, throat cancer. And I was quite distraught and my husband was back home and I was in a different city and I went back to the hotel and everything was kind of looking a little bleak and 
I turned on the TV and there was Stargate. I didn't, you know, it it was just there and it was the first ones. And I had never seen that episode before. So there I was in my little hotel room, you know, watching uh, Daniel interact with Shaka. And it, it just came into my life at a time where I really needed something that was comforting. And just to have it there, I mean, I can't even explain it. It, it feels like family to me. It feels like home. It feels comforting. So it it really just gave me a lot of comfort in that time. And so that's an and everything turned out really well with my dad. And um and and also I had shared that with my dad growing up, Stargate. So it, you know, had that double meaning as well. And so that's that's one of my favorites. And plus, I mean, even the, just the show, aside from the meaning of it, is a great show where they discover that Munis and they actually learn to communicate. And, um, and they wanted Daniel to stay at the end, as a matter of fact, or Shaka did. And I love that they bring his character back later on and kind of develop that. And it, it was really nice to see that. And so that's my first one. And my second one is kind of odd as well. It's the other guys um, with uh, Patrick McKenna and John Billingsy. And um, I just really, I don't know. It, it's, I like it for a lot of reasons. One, it shows the, a lot of creativity with the writers. I mean, it was out of the norm. And um, it, it, it really shows how where they could go with stories. You know, they didn't just stick to one thing. They could go out of the box and still make it work. And um, Patrick McKenna, I I really love him. I had seen him before in a a show in Canada called The Red Green Show, where he played this nerd. And he kind of had the same, you know, personality here on Stargate. And I also really love the fact that you took, like Patrick McKenna or Felger in the show, he was, you know, they brought him back later too, but he was a really big fan of the team. He, and it felt like me, you know, like a Stargate fan watching it. And then all of a sudden, hey, you get pushed into that situation. And now you are in the show. You are a part of that team that you've been idolizing forever, and so, and, and of course, uh, Coombs and Felger, their back and forth was absolutely hilarious. And Jack's reaction to the whole situation was was great. You know, he brought Coombs with you. Oh, now I'm comforted, you know. We're on a mission, you nit. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yes, exactly. So I just really... Gosh, I really love that because it felt like they were putting a fan inside the show. So it just really, it it struck that nerve with me that I really enjoyed seeing that interaction. Um, And, you know, going back to the, my first episode, the first ones, and you had mentioned earlier where I made some thank you keychains to give out and that really came from my heart because this show has been there for me in many different ways that you know I'll discuss with you at some point later but um it in 
all aspects of my life. You know, and we, Will was talking about quoting the show. We do that all the all the time. <laughs> He'll ask me, my husband, when's dinner ready? And I so and I'll say, uh, you know the candle when the candle light is fire you know you know so i i'll use those terms or i'll say my you know my frond is hurting or my cosars are hurting and i there everything is crevice with me you know i we do it all the time and it, it's it it's integrated into our life you know on a daily and anytime i see um blue jello I mean, it's like, I have to have it because, you know, it's blue jello. <laughs> it's, it's such a huge part. I mean, I, we, and anything that's a circle is a stargate in my life. You know, we got a new dryer last month or it's a circle and, and it lights up blue on the inside. And so I'm like, yeah, <laughs> so yes, it, it's, it's, everything about it it's just integrated into our lives and so that's that's my two episodes <laughs> summer you are one of the strongest people i know oh, and stargate you. has gotten you through you know some of the harder parts of your life uh oh. gary gary jones uh will be asking summer uh some more specific questions uh about uh her 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 journey um, mm -hmm. in a new fan show that he's doing for Dial the Gate. So we're saving one specific one for him. So yeah. <laughs> thank you. Guys, this has been absolutely tremendous. Thank you. Thank you so much for stopping by. You are my extended Stargate family, and it is, it is so wonderful to have you uh, finally as part of, part of the show. I wanted to give it a couple of months for, for us to ramp up kind of our audience a little bit before bringing you in. And it is uh, uh, just a tremendous... Uh, to have you all, to have you all here with us. So I, I appreciate any opportunity to to see everyone and and talk and and you're 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 a delight, sir. Thank you as always. Very Thank much you, so. Sir. Yeah, it was. I love you, David. Yeah, I miss everybody. Yes, you know, we do. I can't, well, I, I really want to get together again at some point. Well, I mean, I think. Um, I think we can consider that as read that when this this whole thing is over and this the clouds you know finally part on us whether it's you know next year or whenever it's going to be that uh, you know there will be conventions again and we will all be getting together again. One so, of my last and, ones I saw Summer at. Yes, she, it was uh, in Recovery. Austin, where yeah. I I live in tech, near Austin, and I got to visit with Sonia. So it was such a great thing to be able to do that. But I'm I'm I miss everybody. <laughs> But it, it, we just all click, you know, really well together. Yeah. And so we, we actually uh, try to stay in contact over Zoom every two to three weeks. Um, we have a Zoom session. And since we're all over the world, it's kind of hard with timing, you know, because it's late for some people and really, really early for others. But we, we try to make it work because it's just nice to get together and chat and you know, say hi. No, I, I just, yeah, I wanted to say one thing about that. I just want to say that, you know, Summer, you're the strongest person I've ever met. I love you. You're, you're wonderful. Um, I just want to say that when, when I first saw the video and I saw where you guys and we all came together in that chat, it was like, um, I finally found my Stargate family because I didn't really have one. Mm -hmm. I felt very isolated as a fan. And then going to LA and actually having a good time with you guys and quote unquote partying with you guys, um, you know, and just chilling and eating and, and being able to talk you're all awesome you know i uh, evie i love you um but you know i just <laughs> I, I love everyone evie I, I love you 
um, but it's it's just you're also talented and unique in your own ways. And you know, I just I just appreciate each and every one of you in, for your own special reasons. And David, thank you so much for doing this. Yes, you're welcome. This is a great group of humans. Um, you, you won't find better, in in my opinion, creative and intelligent and nuanced. Um, it, 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 what's it, it delights me to know in that you've you've all elected to stick together. Um, we are missing a couple, uh, Noah and Taylor. Um, shout out to them. Um, but yeah, it's 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 terrific that you guys have continued to to remain um, a very uh, very tremendous family. So, you know, community is all what Stargate's about. You yes. know, when you go to these conventions, it, it's uh, the show is very tangential almost to to what the experience is when people get together and uh, what people. When, when people get the chance to get together and if you have a chance to go to GateCon when we're through this or one of the other events please do it GateCon yeah. is always closest to my heart if you get a chance go but yeah it's that's, it's a that's delight the plan <laughs> I have my ticket I'm just waiting yeah, yeah, yeah have, right have all tickets. Mm-hmm. well um I know that they want to do another one I know that they they want to make that the last one up so mm-hmm. this is gonna be this is gonna be tremendous guys Thank you so much. This this meant the world to me. Thank you, David. Thank you. Thanks to the super fans for for coming on and making this episode possible. They're a tremendous part of my uh, Stargate life, and it's just uh, fantastic that uh, I get to uh, to share them with you guys. So thank you so much. Uh, before I let you go, Dial the Gate has partnered with 3D Tech Pro for the month of December to give you a chance to get your very own desktop Stargate and customized ancient keychain. To enter to win these items, you need a desktop or a laptop computer, and you need to visit dialthegate.com. Scroll down to submit trivia questions. Your trivia may be used in a future episode of Dial the Gate, either for our monthly trivia night or for a special guest to ask me in a round of trivia. There are three slots for trivia, one easy, one medium, and one hard. Only one needs to be filled in, but you're more than welcome to submit up to three. Please note the submission form does not currently work for mobile devices. Your trivia must be received before January 1, 2021. If you're the lucky winner, I will be notifying you via your email right after the start of the new year to get your address and what word you want for your ancient keychain. Be sure to check out our partner's website for more Stargate-related merchandise at 3dtech.pro. I also have some related Stargate art. So we brought up um, the Jack and Sam uh, shipping. Uh, I don't usually... uh, favor one shipping group over the other, but Jack and Sam has definitely been uh, in discussion today, so I thought this was very appropriate. Fligit Jerome created a very Stargate wedding. It's that time of year again, my mama's birthday, Fligit Jerome says. So of course it's time for more chibis. She asked for Jack and Sam wedding chibis this year, so here they are. Very nice birthday present for Fligit Jerome's mama. Thank you guys so much for joining us. If you enjoyed the show, please consider clicking that like button. It helps with the uh, the uh, visibility of, of the program and uh, consider subscribing as well if you haven't subscribed yet. My thanks again to the Stargate superfans for being such a tremendous part of uh, uh, the Stargate community and uh, in my life as well. And guys, I appreciate you the audience for continuing to tune in. 
We'll have some more episodes for you really soon. See you on the other side. Dial the Gate is hosted and executive produced by David Reed. The producer is Darren Sumner. Co-produced by Linda Fury. The composer is Neil Acree. Animations by Bryce Ors. The production assistant is Jennifer Kirby. Moderators include Summer Roy, Keith O'Mell, Tracy Noller, Jeremy Heiner, Reese M., and Anthony Rowling. Logo design by Deborah J. Bell. Additional effects by Thomas Tots, with contributions by model makers Chris Baker, Stephen Barr, Kevin Zabo, and Tom Paris. The archivists are Linda Fury, Zachary Adams, and Fred Eric Marcoux. For general inquiries for submissions, please contact us at dialthegateshow at gmail.com. Visit our website for the upcoming schedule, as well as an archive of our past episodes, at dialthegate.com.